Welcome to another edition of Football on the 40. The Longhorns squeaked out a closer-than-expected win over Iowa State and are now 5-2 overall, 3-1 and one in conference, and ranked 20th in the AP poll. As we look ahead to a good Oklahoma State team this Saturday, we'll also take a dive into the past of their head coach, one of the most iconic college football coaches of all time. Football on the 40 is hosted by Kevin Mathis, Bowen Kai, Andrew Harris, and Jake Robinson. But before we get into this upcoming week, we have to always, as always, take a look back. And we're going to do that with the Iowa State game. But first, Kevin, we, we got to know, what, what, what were you doing at 11 a.m.? last saturday so i know sark encouraged all the fans to be in dkr uh not only was i not in dkr but i was actually playing golf during the game i have had the golf bug pretty bad these last few weeks so i felt like it'd be a good game just to watch on the phone in the golf cart which i did um watched wait the entire wait, game wait 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 wait, wait so you you had no plans and you willingly chose to not watch the game. I had golf plans. The game yep. conflicted with my schedule. <laughs> as, as our friend Garrett said on Saturday, um, he said, Kevin's too afraid to, to admit that Texas might actually be good. I am. And I think that will follow, be followed by some of my commentary on this week's podcast. Uh, we squeaked it out, though. And I did see the winning drive. I was playing the ninth hole, almost hit the green in two, made par, you know, had the phone next to the green and everything while we scored on fourth down. So I did watch the game, but I was kind of doing my own thing. Our friend, uh, our friend Becky said that we should take a one episode suspension because none of us were at the game. So I feel <laughs> like if you're playing golf and also not actively watching the game, that's probably at least a two and a half pot suspension. Or wait, can we find can we find Kevin with with betting corner? Oh, no. I like that. No. I like that. Like five <laughs> units, you lose five units for not watching the Texas game. I wish I would have been there because we we were watching the game closely. Like the phone is you know on my hip the whole time. I'm watching it in between swings. Speakers playing it loud. The uh, guy that you played with didn't go to Texas though. What does that have to do with it? He went to Ball State. <laughs> That's a football school. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't care about the game. Ball State is not a football school. Oh man. <laughs> Ball State is horrible at football. Jaeger would take offense <laughs> to that. It's funny when I when I play when I play with Kevin, uh, we always ride together in a cart. We're typically paired with two people we don't know. And on the first tee, we have this routine where we tell them, you know, you introduce each other and we're like, we're both Kevin. It's hard to screw up. I, I play a lot of golf with Kevin and Kevin. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. What do you think about the game from what you did, were, were, from what you were able to watch, Kevin? So I, I was nervous during the game. Uh, we almost lost. It was pretty close. I actually rewatched it on a recording on Saturday night and finished that rewatch at about 1 a.m. and was even more astounded at how close we came. Um, I'm excited about the win overall, but I don't like that we kind of went back down to playing to our opponent after a huge week against OU. Um, I thought Quinn, although he threw three touchdowns, had an off day. He seemed a little bit out of sorts and discouraged, you know, at drops here and there, a few overthrows. Um, but with Quinn, 
not playing well, you have to give him credit. He still didn't throw a pick or turn over the ball. And our, you know, our team leaders, our, our veterans really took over in the fourth quarter, which I thought was cool. Um, if you'll bear with me in just 10 seconds or so, I want to break down what happened in the last kind of game-winning drive for us in the fourth quarter. So we went uh, 75 yards in nine plays or so, ended up scoring on fourth down. But just listen who the players were that contributed to that drive. And you can probably guess what I'm about to say. Bijan, Bijan, Roshan, Roshan, Bijan, Bijan, pass to Bijan, Roshan, Bijan, Bijan, pass to Xavier Worthy for a touchdown. That is the epitome of your leaders just taking over and ending the game. And I thought that that was such a cool way for Sark to kind of change, um, you know, change the productivity on offense after two punts when they really needed to score. So, um, Obviously, you want them to win by more, but but that W is pretty big. Iowa State's yeah. a good program. I I I agree. I, I that was my notes too. I think like, you know, it's a pretty common phrase: winners win. I think Jay Witt pushing Roshan, especially to finish out in the fourth quarter, when we were watching, I was like, oh no 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 no, and then I was like, yes, okay, that was cool. <laughs> you know, when when he kind of stalled out and then jay weight pushed him over that that first first down marker that was that was really cool to see and yeah d definitely stepped it up too i mean i know that hutchinson had a field day with us but you know the d stepped up in crucial times when when they needed to and i saw jalen ford's like post game interview um when he got that pick in the end zone and he said that pk came up to him and he was like you have no idea how big that interception was or how much we needed that so it's cool to see you know the coaches being very um transparent i guess with the players but also like recognizing their effort and and their contributions and he had a heck of a game so that was that was really cool to see yeah 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 i'll go next andy um i i just think that this this game we're all excited we won it we shouldn't have won it i mean aiden hutchinson dropped a wide open pass right at the end like wide open pass and we really probably shouldn't have won this game but we did and that's all that matters right now. And I, I'm usually the hype man on this podcast. And, and I am very excited about this team. But I do just want to point out that our three conference wins are the eighth, ninth, and tenth place teams in the conference right now. So we have yet to play one, two, four, five, six, and seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that being said, um, I did want to just point out, you know, Bijan being Bijan, the last five games, he has over a hundred yards per game. Um, and he's steadily climbing back in the running back rankings. Um, shockingly, his, his Heisman odds are plus 10,000. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman, but still that's crazy. He's, he's having a great season statistically. I mean, he's getting total yards he's getting recognition from all the tv crews every game i watch on tv in the first quarter you know one of the analysts or co-analysts talks about how they think he's the best running back in the country he's up to 10 touchdowns now it's by no yeah. means a, a down season no I, I the first two games kind of hurt him stat wise so yeah. he didn't have particularly great stats in the bama or um louisiana monroe game but uh, I was also just going to point this out real quick. Um, I think it is it is known we are three and one in conference. But if Texas beats Oklahoma State next week, we will be tied for second place no matter what because of the way the matchups work. Whoever wins that game will be tied for second because 
TCU and Kansas State are playing also. So just kind of a fun little fact that um, after this week, there will be a clear first and second place in the conference. Feels good. A lot of parity in the Big 12. For sure. And it's going to be a big stretch. Like the next two to three weeks of the Big 12, we'll probably decide the um, who will play in the Big 12 championship um, because everyone plays each other. Um, real quick, going back to what Kevin said about the last drive, I think we all got to admit if Tom Herman was still our coach, he definitely would have gone to Kai Money on fourth down. (laughs) It was a good play going to X. I don't like when you isolate just one receiver and the whole plays around them around the goal line, but his route was, was awesome and it was really well executed. And I made par on number nine. (laughs) Way to bring uh, golf back into this. Um, (laughs) I guess kind of going off of what y'all said, I'll take the optimistic uh, outlook on this. You know, with under Charlie, there's no way we win this game. Um, Tom, I think I think we we there's a decent chance we win this game. But the thing with Herman was we had so many close games that it was just really hard to see like would we win this one or not? And he was about 50% in um, games decided by like um, uh, seven points or less. I The thing that I'm encouraged about this um, season so far and just about this game in general is one, um, we don't win this game last year and we win it, we won it this year, obviously. Uh, and we lost a game like this against Tech. So, so this shows growth overall but also too i mean how we played under mac and i'm not trying to compare mac uh sark to mac just yet because sark still has a long ways to go but texas under sark is kind of resembling how texas played under mac where we had games where we blew out teams and that has not been the case under herman or strong um and yeah you're gonna have bad games in the season you you can't play awesome 12 games in a row we don't have that type of talent yet and you know for us to win a game like this when we've also come off a week like OU where we just killed them I it encourages me because it, it shows me that even when we have a down week we can still win um and so I think that's something that's really positive and something that Sark absolutely needed to have uh, going forward with Texas. As as we round out this segment, Andrew, I have to give you huge props. Andrew's preseason picks have proven to be perfect nearly halfway through the season. Andrew has not picked a game wrong yet this whole season, <laughs> according to our preseason lineup. Did you guys realize that? Who does he have? Who does he have this week? He has us winning versus okay. OSU this week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't don't say Kansas State. But that that's that's pretty impressive. Um also this was a huge win for Sark because it took him to a winning record with Texas. I think he's 10 and 9 now. Um but we're on a three-game win streak and I'll ask you guys a quick um uh, you know, quick question here. What happened after our last three-game win streak with Sark? Six game losing streak. 
That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> the last time we felt this good, we lost the next six games. So well, good, we've got some good, tough teams coming up. <laughs> I have some I have some good news for you. A six-game losing streak is pretty unlikely because that sixth game will be our season opener next year, and it's going to be like a 40-point favorite. <laughs> <laughs> to find the odds. So five-game five, five losing streaks is the worst we could do. Encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Uh, let's move on. We're going to um, get to the preview of this week's Oklahoma State game. But first, we thought it would be fun to just try something new here and just ask the question, who is Michael Ray Gundy? So Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State's head coach, is the longest tenured Big 12 coach, and it's really not even close. Uh, he's been at Oklahoma State for 18 years. This is his 18th year. Um, Matt Campbell at Iowa State is second, and he only has six full seasons. So he has three times the experience of the second most tenured Big 12 coach. But um, yeah, yeah, just going to turn it over. Y'all jump in and there's he, some stories you want to share and go, Kev. Yeah, my quick bit is he is, uh, let me look at my sheet here. He's eight and nine versus Texas overall in his tenure at OSU, but he's five and three against Texas after Mac Brown. So I wouldn't call it owning us, but he's played very well, had good results against us since Mac left. Yeah, definitely. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we add another loss uh, to that um, loss column this weekend. So a random fact about him also is that he turned down the Tennessee job three times, three separate times. Um, and I don't know if y'all watch Parks and Rec. I feel like a good chunk of y'all have. Um, but if y'all watch that show, Ben Wyatt, um, he gets courted by this accounting firm multiple times and it looks like he's about to go work for them multiple times. And every single time in the show, he just turns them down for whatever reason. And they get so the accounting firm gets so excited every time he, it looks like he's about to accept, accept the job. And then he just uh, turns away. So I, I don't know, to me, that just kind of has a similar vibe um with Tennessee but I mean at this point I don't think Tennessee is complaining <laughs> that's true um I actually didn't know that one yeah it may, it may sound like we're kind of jumping around because from story to story and random things but Mike Gundy's kind of a, an odd dude and he's had some really interesting stories pop up over his tenure at Oklahoma State uh one that most people probably will recognize is 15 years ago, just a couple weeks ago, um, following a game, there was a press conference and he pulls out this newspaper and like just goes to town on this reporter that's in the room for like bashing one of his players. And it's a famous, it's famous. The whole thing is amazing. It's like a three minute clip and he just like walks off the stage. But the, the, the most famous part, he, he screams, I'm a man, I'm 40. And it just kind of like was forever um, cinched in history, but um, encourage you to go listen to that full clip. I did so it that would, and I laughed. That would make him drum roll, please. Fifty-five. <laughs> Very good on <laughs> good the <map>. job. <laughs> uh, he had a he had a pretty rocky relationship with Boone Pickens. Um, for the y'all that don't know, he was uh, Boone Pickens before he passed away was the biggest benefactor, I guess, to Oklahoma State. He gave over $165 million to their to the university slash athletic program. And it's an interesting like dynamic because like in Texas, there's so many boosters 
that people want to believe that have such a big influence. But, you know, with Pickens, he was really like Oklahoma State's main guy. And it's just, it's crazy that like there's just one singular person that had such a big influence. And so I can only imagine how that relationship was with uh, Gundy and Pickens because both of them have kind of out there personalities. Quick, quick question on the T Boone thing. Would we call that a hostile takeover of the Oklahoma State program? Because T Boone is <laughs> he was known for that <laughs> for hostile takeovers of unwilling organizations. I think the the word benefactor is a good characterization though, because in that case it helped. And I, and we would just be remiss if we didn't uh, share the fact that he sported a mullet for a very long time. Um, he cut it off in 2021 because he went to his hair lady and told her he didn't want to come back until the end of the season. Cause he was busy. He just didn't want to cut his hair for like four months. And she basically was like, okay, you need to cut it off then. And he did. And it was just like that. Um, he even one, one time he said in an interview that his mullet because of the airtime it got on television brought millions of dollars to the marketing of Oklahoma state. And I think that is hilarious. It's probably true. I also heard him say once that, he threatened his son that he was going to cut his mullet if his son didn't make good grades. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was his mullet better than Quinn's? I this is going to be uh maybe an odd comment, but I would say yes. It's I think his yes. mullet was cleaner than Quinn's, yeah. It is a lot cleaner, but that's Quinn's nice. got like a like a trucker mullet look <laughs> and Mike Gundy is kind of like just got cast in a Hollywood movie mullet. I think <laughs> I think Quinn's waiting for that head and shoulders NIL deal to come through. He's kind of uh, sandbagging it right now. (laughs) His would be fine if he would shave his, his scraggly beard, but he's got three years to, you know, grow and do his, his facial hair. And he'll probably have those lines cut in the side by the time he's a senior. I hope he has three years, but I doubt that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're going to, we're going to leave it there. We're going to take a short break and we will come back with the preview of this week's game. We'll be right back. This football on the 40 episode is brought to you by hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. Okay, and we're back. We're going to break down the upcoming game versus Oklahoma State this Saturday. The Horns are going to play in Stillwater, Oklahoma on the road at 2.30 p.m. on ABC. This is Oklahoma State's homecoming game. Uh, weather is expected to be 84 and sunny. Um, I've actually been to Stillwater. Um, I got kind of an inside, an inside ticket to a game in like 2013 or 2014 in Stillwater. I was invited to the game by a friend of a friend who was and like like an assistant to an assistant to an assistant on the basketball team um and if you've never been to stillwater or seen it on tv the football stadium and the basketball stadium are joined and the part of the basketball arena that faces the football stadium is actually their box seating so 
with my friend who I won't name. He actually snuck us into the game through the basketball court. We walked across the basketball court, up the stands, and into the box level seats that overlook the stadium. It was pretty cool. Um, they've got a really dedicated fan base. I can confirm the drinks in that box are, are fairly tasty and they're going to be excited for this game against us. I'm kind of glad it's not a night game. Um, Andy, any, anything you want to share about how it goes for us playing on the road against OSU? Yeah. I mean, we, I think it's actually a really big thing that we're not playing at night against Oklahoma state. Um, since 2010, um, the times that they've beaten us at Oklahoma State have been more at night than than during the day. Um, it's our homecoming too, so our morale will be high um, with the student body and just alumni coming back. But yeah, I, I think it's a really big thing that we're playing at 2.30. Yeah, agreed. It works in our favor. Um, so Oklahoma State only has one loss this season so far, which came last week on the road against TCU. Um, they were my favorite to win the conference preseason and have you know proven to be a pretty solid team. Uh, their their offense is led by Spencer Sanders, who's been starting for them for God, I don't know how many years. It feels like he's been starting for three or more years now. Um, he's had a little bit of an injury issue for the last week. Can you give us an injury update? on Spencer Sanders, Andrew. Yeah. So he injured, he injured his shoulder against tech. Um, he played against, he played the whole game against tech. He played against TCU, uh, but in the TCU game, just didn't look completely like himself. He's also dealing with an ankle injury as well. Um, so he's banged up and makes sense for how much they run him and stuff. But Kev, how's that going to impact the game? So it's it's already showing in the the Vegas odds for the game. The Horns are favored by uh, what's the line right now, Bowen? I think it's over six points, six and a half, maybe the last time I checked. Yeah, it, it went up all the way up to six and a half, and I think it's settled back down to like six. So a little bit surprising that we're favored, and I think it's because he's had injury issues. Now I asked the question, how hurt is he? Because I looked at his performance last week, and he rushed the ball. 11 times against TCU when he was apparently hurt and was sacked twice. So he took a lot of contact on top of those injuries. Um, but it's definitely impacting his performance. He's completed less than 50% of his passes since suffering that shoulder injury against Texas Tech. Um, but he's a dual threat guy. Uh, his feet are a weapon. And he seems to be taking better care of the ball this season than he has in the past, which is a huge asset for them. Um, they have a well-balanced offensive attack. Um, they mix up the run and the pass really well. And it's, it's a hard game to break down to look at their tendencies and project or predict the, what they're going to do against us because Gundy has, um, he's been known to bring new things into the game against us. So it's likely that they'll break convention and not try trickeration, but, you know, use some creative scheming to their advantage. So, I, I have no idea what they're gonna <laughs> what they're gonna bring at us, and it, it all starts with how good Spencer's feeling. So we'll see. Um, tell us a little bit about the defense, Andy. Yeah, they're so it's interesting because last year, I mean, their defense was elite, and Jim Knowles he left for Ohio State, 
uh, to become their defensive coordinator. And they brought in Derek Mason, um, who's a really good defensive mind, but it's taken some acclimating uh, between him and in the defense uh, so far, where at times they've looked really good. Um, like the Baylor game looked really good, in my opinion, even though they gave up some points. Um, but at other times, like last week against TCU and, um, and other games this year, they've given up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Um, and yeah, so far this year, they've been outgained, um, I think like four games, uh, like four of the six, seven games that they've played. So um, yeah, their defense is just not as sharp. Uh, I think they're like near the bottom pass defense wise, which is would would be great for Quinn, um, especially how he played this past weekend. Um, I think overall, I might have uh, I might have seen this incorrectly, but I think I did see that their rush defense is actually pretty good, um, which will be interesting with our running attack. Yeah, notably they gave up. 546 yards in their first game to Central Michigan, who's now a two and five team. So I heard in a press conference from early in the season that Gundy said his defense was really young. So probably lack of experience, but um, they're going to score some points. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And I still don't know how I'm going to bet on the game, <laughs> but I'll find a way. Uh, Bowen, can you take us into betting corner? I was just about to say that's a great segue. You'll you'll find a way in the next uh, three and a half minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, so starting off this segment of betting corner, um, you know, we've kind of talked about the game already. Texas went into the game this past weekend as pretty, pretty heavy favorites. We barely won, so we clearly did not cover. Uh, it was a low-scoring game as well. The under um, stayed true. Weekly standings-wise, though, Kevin had another monster week um in the in the positive uh myself in second andy followed behind in third and then jake unfortunately in last and overall there's also been a change so i'm still in first andy still in second but kevin has now overtaken jake let's go overall in the season standings jake real quick interview off the metal stand what's your strategy moving forward well 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 first of all um it, it's it's hard to say that this week was all that different. I mean, the the span between first and last in the weekly standings was less than one. That was less than uh, it was like two two units. So we all had pretty flat weeks. Mine was just slightly more flat because of the juice. Um, so, but okay, fine. Yes, I am in last place. I am still in the in in the green as we all are by one tenth of one unit. But your question is, what this is my strategy? How does it change? And I have two things to say to that. One, I got 99 problems and Hendon Hooker ain't one. I've got 60 units if he wins the Heisman. So you're all done if he wins the Heisman, first of all. And he is the second best in the Heisman uh, race odds right now. And second, all of my other futures bets are doing very well other than the Kansas under two and a half wins. So. That's all the futures is my answer. That's kind of scary, actually. So who is who's ever is in third is probably gonna lose if Hen and Hooker keeps playing like that. I have to just stomp on your grave, Jake, and just 
just take in this beautiful sunshine that is this leaderboard right now. Screw you, Jake. You're in last place. Also, I got some hate last week for betting against Bama. We like to say on this podcast that betting on Bama is how you feed the kids. Last week, I stuck my neck out this far. This far, I'm a dog. And I said, not only is Tennessee going to cover, they're going to win the freaking game. And guess what happened? The dogs were fighting. The Tennessee fans were wearing their weird orange color. They stormed that field, tore down the goalpost, and took down Nick Saban. I took that baby money line all the way to Chase Bank, and I got the cash out already. Let's go, baby. Nice. Third place. Nice. I love it, Kevin. I love it. Oh, I love man. it. That, that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm applauding you for that. That was, that was, that was good. Kevin pulled out his Pat McAfee. i'm hyped my mom has been just really concerned about my financial health because she listens to this and has felt the l's alongside us so mom i'm back i'm back we're good we love it we love it we're gonna look to continue that momentum this week for sure for sure um so yeah for for our game uh this upcoming week as we all kind of talked about texas opened as like three or three and a half point favorites depending on what sports book you were looking at and we were all, I think, collectively perplexed by, by that margin, um, given that we're away, given that Oklahoma State is you know, only one loss. And, and now it's even gotten even more egregious, you could say. It's all the way up to like tech, us being favored by six points. Over-under is still in the mid-60s. It's at 64.5. So I guess they're expecting a, a relatively high-scoring game. But again, as was detailed in the previous segment, it probably depends a lot on the health of the quarterback and, and whether or not they can, they can move the ball. So yeah. What are we like in this game? Jake, we can start with you. Anything you're liking in the, t- in the game this week? No, thank you. I do not want to bet on this game. If I were going to put actual money on this game, which is what we do in this betting corner, I would not be putting it in favor of Texas. And I have a firm position of not betting against my heart. So no, I like it. Okay. Abstaining this week. Guess who does have the cojones to put money down for that? His name's Kevin. I am putting one unit down on OSU nice. Moneyline. It goes back to my preseason picks. It's not like I'm feeling down on the horns this week. I think OSU's pretty legit this year. And I'm putting one unit that Texas takes the L, unfortunately. An emotional wow. hedge, if you will. Dang, that's a that's a big that's a big bet this week. Man. Um, righty. Andy, what about you? Yeah, I, I got to go with Jake on this one. I would not touch this game with a 10-foot pole. So, you know, just got to leave it alone this week. Okay. All right. Well, well Kevin's taking OSU Moneyline, which is at plus 200 right now, so two to one. I'm actually – I was actually going to – I mean, I know it's a, it's a dangerous game, but I actually went to this week thinking that, you know, in the past I've, or in previous weeks, I feel like I haven't been been pushing on the horns – you know, hard enough. So I'm actually putting five units on the money line on Texas. So it's, I don't don't care for the spread, but I feel good about, I feel good about our, our week. So money lines, like I like the money line bet. So even even though it's on the road, like our last true road game, we know how that went early season. Sorry. Yeah. I don't, I don't want anything to do with the, the six point shenanigans, but I, I like us to, to put up a good fight and, 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 and take one in Stillwater. I, I like that, Bo. That's, that's all right. Bet. 
elsewhere. So, wow, we're all pretty light on Texas this week, which is totally fine. Um, well, most of y'all, y'all are light on Texas. Um, what about elsewhere around the league? There's, there's tons of games for the sake of time. I won't go through, you know, any of the notable ones, but let's just uh, highlight some of the ones that y'all are looking at. Jake, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a Thursday game because that's always fun to start the week with one of those. Uh, you may have already listened to this podcast by the time that this game happens, but uh, Georgia Tech fired their coach this year. And since that, they have kind of been on a tear. They're doing really well in the ACC conference. And so I want to take Georgia Tech minus three over a terrible Virginia team. Sorry, Andrew Lamb, regular listener here. He went to Virginia, but you're a terrible program. And I want three units on that. Um, <laughs> we just lost the listener. <laughs> it's I hope okay, it was worth it, Jake. <laughs> um, and then uh, the next one I want to do. This one might be surprising. I would like to take Iowa plus twenty nine against Ohio State. Uh, Iowa has allowed fifty eight points all season over six games, and to say they're going to lose by more than half that the opponents have scored the entire season. Seems like a stretch to me. I know Ohio State's good, but that's a lot of points against that defense. Um, although we know they probably won't score any. So even if Ohio State wins 29 to zero, they win that bet. Anyway, two units there. Um, I got two more for you. One, for the first time in the history of the podcast, I am taking AM to cover a bet, three and a half points to cover over South Carolina. Again, I just think AM is a much better program than South Carolina. So three units on the Aggies to cover and i'm gonna do what y'all been doing and, and take a step away from football on my final bet austin fc is in the mls playoffs this is our austin um soccer team professional sports team won this sunday i want to take austin fc to win the mls cup championship plus 900 so we get uh nine to one odds there and uh all they got to do is win three games so i want the I want the Verde for one oh, unit. Dang, I like Listos. that. But we we barely pulled it out this past weekend in, in penalty. I know. Picks. We're the, we we every game that Austin FC has ever played has been a sellout crowd in Austin. Obviously, every home game has been a sellout crowd. They have a 30, uh, 35 consecutive sellout streak. It's a fantastic stadium, Andy, Kevin. I, y'all probably haven't gone, but it's we'll have to go sometime. So um, fun. Yeah, yeah, I really want to go. It's a really cool stadium. Which yeah. stadium? Um, Q two stadium, the the soccer stadium in in Austin. Oh, the new one in Austin. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, it's sweet. All right, I like it. I like it. Um, Andy, we'll go to you next. Let's get some bets out there. Oh, so I'm super excited about this because I'm where Jake is zigging, I'm zagging. I'm going to go three units on Ohio State to cover people, okay? <laughs> wow. Iowa, Iowa, I don't even think they're going to score a point. They might get shut out. If At best, I think they score less than seven points. That means Ohio State just has to score 35 or roughly 35 points to, to cover the spread this week. I just don't think Ohio State is going to score less than 35. I know Iowa's defense is very good, but – in order for Iowa to kind of limit Ohio State's points, they're going to have to have the ball a lot this weekend. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Iowa's going to have a lot of three and outs. Therefore, Ohio State, I think, is going to be able to run up the score, and they've looked really good this year. So three units on, a, on Ohio State to cover the minus 29. 
I would I can't wait to talk about it next week when I am victorious on this one. Um, okay, going to the other bets real quick. Uh, UCLA, I think they've been really impressive all year. Uh, they're um, uh, significant underdogs to Oregon this week. They're playing at Oregon, but I want to take one unit on UCLA money line um, this weekend. Um, going to another game where I'm going to be taking the money line, uh, Ole Miss is playing LSU. Uh, LSU did have an impressive win at Florida, but they've been really inconsistent this year. Um, and I, I, I believe in the Rebels. I believe in my sisters. So uh, two units on the Ole Miss Rebs uh, on their money line for that game. <laughs> I believe in my sisters. <laughs> that, that's where your sisters went to college, right? Yes. I think yes. we need to point uh, that out. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have said that. Good pick. Um, good pick. And then lastly, um, this is kind of sad. SMU, my other alma mater, has not been very good this year. Cincinnati is still looking pretty good. Uh, SMU hosts Cincinnati this weekend, um, but Cincinnati is only favored by three. I think that's really low. Uh, so I'm going to place four units on Cincinnati to cover. And that is it for me this week. I like it. Um, I can go here. So I'm I'm on a gambling high, which means I bet on Wednesday games now. So <laughs> <laughs> Georgia State is playing Ab State. I just need some action midweek. Do y'all ever feel like that? Let's go. I feel that. I feel Georgia that State sure. is playing Ab State. Ab State's favored by 10 at home. Georgia State Stadium is tiny. It's like 20,000 people. So the 30,000 kids at App State on Wednesday that have nothing better to do are going to scare the pants off the Georgia State, whatever they're called. Taking App State for one unit. Also, now that I'm a gambling addict, I look at the, the tiny teams. Southern Miss is visiting the hometown Texas State Bobcats. That's right. I'm from San Marcos, so this is my, you know, my heart and soul. Texas State is not a good football program, but they don't lose at home. They've actually scored a lot of points at home. Um, so I'm taking Texas State money line for two units. Jake, I'm going to bet against you in the Texas A&M versus South Carolina game. Love it. Uh, A&M is favored by four on the road. Uh, for those that watch college football, A&M doesn't like to score points, so I don't see how that's going to work out. Spencer Rattler has been throwing a lot of picks for South Carolina, so I'm going to need him to cool that. And I'm taking South Carolina plus four for three units. <laughs> Lastly, Kansas State and TCU are playing together. They both have pretty good defenses, um, so I'm betting the under on this game for one unit. The over-under is 58.5, and, and that'll be it for me this week. I'll see, I'll see you next week, second place. Let's go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of creative bets out there this week. I actually went in this week doing some research and found some creative ones as well. Um, so I just have a couple. I'll I'll finish us out here. I also am going against Jake. I had three units on South Carolina covering the line. I have is three and a half. I just don't have any faith in A and M, and I think three and a half points is is very nice for us to have. And then I'm putting a um, a little two team parlay. We haven't had any parlay action. And, you know, parlays are usually sucker pets, but I figure, you know, it's kind of getting lonely at the top, you know, like I either extend Aww. out the lead more or like give you all a chance. So I'm doing a little two unit parlay. I have. So Clemson is playing Syracuse at Clemson. 
Clemson is 13 and a half point favorites. I haven't caught much of the ACC games of the Clemson games that I've watched. I've just been largely unimpressed. I think 13 and a half points is a ton. So I'm going to have Syracuse covering 13 and a half there. And then my other, uh, well, this actually, this is a big 10 game. So Indiana is playing Rutgers and Indiana is getting three points on Rutgers. I don't think anyone should ever have any points against Rutgers ever. So I have confidence in Indiana covering the three points there. So I, I got a little two unit parlay action going on there. So lots of, lots of uh, interesting bets around the league and on various days of the week, we should come out with like a little schedule of like, who's got what games win. So the listeners can listen to and, and cheer along. So that might be, that might be coming out. Cause we got Wednesday, Thursday covered and, and Saturday, obviously. And, so yeah, lot, lots of, wow. Lots of bets out there this week. We're getting, I feel like we're, we're kind of up leveling a little bit in our, uh, getting more adventurous and level up, level up. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, that takes us into our last segment, which is the mailbag. And I can lead us here again, as a reminder, feel free to submit mailbag questions to us. The link is in our Instagram bio in our link tree. Um, you can also find it in our Spotify profile. We'd love to hear any feedback you guys have, any life advice questions, any any mailbag questions for us, anything that you'd like us to answer on the podcast. We'd love to just talk about anything. So we do have one mailbag question. Um, this is from my friend, Nikila. Uh, she asks, with this win, so referencing this past win on Saturday, do we think that Sark is headed to be the longest tenured coach since Mac Brown. So I, I mean, he doesn't have much competition there. So it's just Charlie and Tom, I think uh, three and four years respectively. What are we thinking about um, his, uh, not that he's in a, a warmer hot seat at all, but how are we feeling after, after this past weekend? My, my answer is hopefully, but I don't think that this week's game played any role in it. Um, I mean, Tom Herman was here for four years. So, and he did win a sugar bowl. <laughs> So I don't know. I think time will tell with that one. But personally, I, I would say give him five years, no questions asked, because we got to stop the carousel and just give someone a chance. And Sark's, I think Sark's our guy. I think that's a that's a fantastic question. I'm going to say, yes, he will outlast Tom Herman. And the only reason I feel that way is recruiting. And that's not to say that Charlie or Tom Herman recruited poorly, but Sark is allocating a lot of recruiting resources and really going to the well with defensive line and offensive line talent. And those are recruits that are going to start to bubble up and make huge impacts in the next two years and probably save him from some heartbreak in, you know, years three and four. So I think that recruiting will keep him around. And I didn't even mention Arch, like, for those that don't pay attention to recruiting, that has a pretty big impact on, uh, you know, off-season hype. It's hard to see that play out immediately on the field. But, you know, in year three, when he could be dwindling, I think he's going to benefit a lot from this talent that he's bringing in. Good question. Yeah. I think one more thing I will add to that is uh, this is CDC's guy. Um, CDC didn't hire Tom Herman. He did hire Sark. And I think CDC will be patient with Sark, um, especially if things go south. But overall, I, I agree with the guys. I think it's going to be um, at least five years with, with Sark. 
Yeah, that I I really like that CDC take, Andy, because we had a whole lot of shakeup in the uh, athletic director's office in the, in the years with those coaches following. Um, what was the longtime guy's name? I can't think of it. The, the lost, lost odds. odds. The lost odds. Yeah. I thought about it just as you were saying it. The lost odds. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, that brings us to the very end of this week's episode. Thank you all uh, for listening. Thank you to our producer, Hamilton Lizer for um, editing this show. And um, we hope to catch you next Thursday and every Thursday for the rest of the football season. Um, we will be back then. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the next Football on the 40. Hook them.